Hey, it's Rob. If you missed our 17th place roundtable, we had a good one. Chappelle and I got together with Brandon Donlin, Zach Wurtenberger, and Maddie for a very fun podcast talking about week two of Survivor. On Friday night, Taryn had the first BB Can roundtable. Whether you're keeping up with every episode or just want to know what's going on, Taryn, Melissa, and Chappelle have everything from week one of BB Can. And the Amazing Race is back this week. I'll be kicking off the season with Mike and Jess on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that here on RHAP. We know reality TV. I was flipping through the channels the other day, but there was nothing good on. I had nothing to play. So I went to my computer and realized that there was so much content before my eyes. But there's nothing but Netflix in my heart and on my screen. There's always something good that I still haven't seen. But maybe one day we can try to watch the rest. So Rob and Chappelle, give it your best. Yeah, that's right. Another but Netflix is back this week for the eight part new series on Netflix quarterback. And now here's the guy who, whenever he gets done with the podcast, uh, everybody says, I like that. I like that. Here's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? <laughs> Rob, I like that. Thank yes. you. No, you don't. I, I, that, I, no, I it, was, butchered, it was a butchered Kirk Cousins signature line. It's fine. Some would argue that he doesn't deserve one, but uh, I am happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about this. I miss football yeah. so much. And so this is going to be so much fun. Well, this was fun. And uh, this is maybe a good segue to uh, as uh, my favorite team is going to be featured on hard knocks uh, in a couple of weeks here. But this really? was a yep. Yep. It's happening. But this was a show produced by Peyton Manning uh, that it is profiling a year in the life of three different NFL quarterbacks or maybe two and a half uh we see the lives of patrick mahomes kirk cousins and marcus mariota and so we're talking about quarterbacks we're talking about kirk cousins so what a treat to have here with us from the pretty pretty good friends podcast it's alex chester (laughs) thank you yep just one pretty now we're pretty good pretty good friends okay yeah. Yes. We were pretty, pretty, pretty good when we were talking about Curb. Yeah. Is good still there? Yeah, it's pretty good friends. PGF. Okay. okay. PGF. Yeah. PGF. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we are going to talk about uh, this series. Now, there are eight parts to it, and uh, we will be talking spoilers. But if you were a fan of the NFL, you know the spoilers for this show. Yeah. Spoiler warning: I mean, The Chiefs I, win the I Super only, Bowl. I'm yeah. still shocked. I'm still shocked by that. I only watched uh, two episodes of this eight-parter, and so I'm very excited to see what I missed between the two I watched Good. and the ultimate uh, outcome that yeah. the Chiefs end up winning we'll, it all. We'll we'll fill you in when we get there. I, I guess let's. Start. Do you do you guys know? There's this group of friends who have this game every year where they see who can last the longest without finding out the result from the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> what? And so, and like, they'll try and last like literally months with, which is a very hard thing to do to avoid that. Is this you know, an urban in, legend? No. Well, I, I mean, there was an initial group of people who did it. And now I think there's other people who copy them. Yeah. But um, yeah, it would suck if you settled down to watch the show and got spoiled that way. Do but you have to if like, you're trying to avoid the Super come Bowl in arcade. a la Cosmo Kramer? Like, 
I'm out. Yeah. It, m- much, much like the contest. I think it's probably a lot of uh, the honor system. So, yes. And yeah. then like somebody do like, this with any George moves in across the street with a big screen TV that's airing yeah. the NFL network constantly. It's like, Oh, I can't, I can't not yeah. look across the street. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's just talk about what this is. And then we can talk about uh, the story, the three different stories that we see here in because we really I mean, it's interesting the people that were chosen for this, because I think that they might have all done it for different reasons. Do either of you have any backstory about why people did this? No, no, I I don't know either. I don't I don't know either. I think they. I think if they were doing a, a a search on random quarterbacks and they wanted to p- catch quarterbacks in their different ages, like our different stages in their career, maybe that's why you pick these three. Cause you pick someone like Mahomes, who's basically at the top of his game. Yeah. And then you pick uh, someone like Mariota who might have a game depending on the three what bears. Day. Yeah. Yeah. But then somewhere in the middle, you have Kirk cousins who Goldilocks. Yeah, basically. And so I think that's that's what you do. And I think they get really lucky by pitch, picking Patrick Mahomes in this. And even oh. in a way, picking Kirk Cousins, too. Yeah, no, I mean, even more. They go got lucky, I think, with all three of them. Incredibly so, because mm-hmm. yeah, Mahomes goes on to win the Super Bowl. Cousins Vikings have, you know, the most exciting regular season possibly in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And Mariota. Uh, the story is honestly super boring through the first few episodes. And you're like, do we really have to spend a third of our time with this guy? But then in episode five, it suddenly gets very interesting in a way that I personally had no recollection of as a pretty big NFL fan. It's really fascinating. And then it works out even better. Unfortunately, the problem is fans may have fast forwarded through all the Mariota stories in the first. I was really into it. Yeah, but go ahead. But yeah, then it works perfectly because he's really exciting in episode five. And then he totally goes away so they could ignore the Falcons for the rest of the show, which kind of works out because, you know, yeah, well, really cares well, about the well Falcons. Uh, we'll get into that more when we talk about uh, Marcus Mariota. But um, so I don't know exactly like who was like pitching this, but it's like Patrick Mahomes is like way too big of a star to be doing this. And I do think it speaks to maybe the one blind spot in Patrick Mahomes and ultimately like uh, the nicest guy, kind of a nerd. Is that, can I say that? No, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, compared to cousins. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm about to say now, look now you can't call him the nicest guy. Kirk cousins is right there. Okay. Well, okay. Well, uh, look, uh, Kirk Cousins, I have a totally different opinion on Kirk Cousins after this, but I mean, Marcus Mariota, that the only flaw in this man is his family. And I have to think that I feel like that maybe Brittany Mahomes was pushing for this way more than Patrick Mahomes wanted to do this. Well, so Peyton, Peyton Manning is the one who produced this show. He's the executive producer. Yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know who they reached out to and who said no before these guys said yes. But, um, I, you know, I think as, as you guys said, it's the, you know, the three, you know, the three bears, you know, you have like the best, the best, the best quarterback on earth, um, with, with Enough the with Kirk cousins, Chester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you have one from all three and I think. Listen, this you you mentioned hard knocks already. Like this is basically hard knocks or all or nothing, drive to survive. Like Netflix has a bunch yeah. of these other series, um, which are always very well produced. I've always wanted my team to be, you know, featured on one of those. And so, you know, and what a season for it to happen with 2022 for the Vikings. I think it's exciting. Like, you know, hard knocks for the Jets is exciting. It's um so I, I don't know whether it was Brittany or Patrick pushing it. Um 
But I have I my take on Britney actually changed from this show. I know everybody hates her, but I'm oh, on Team Britney. Okay. Now, and, <laughs> and interestingly, um, Jackson Mahomes was did not exist. Uh, the, I it, saw him. Yeah, he he did, was in the background. He <laughs> does not get a mention. I feel like in yeah. the entire eight episodes. And for those who don't know, yeah, that's Patrick's brother, who's uh, some somewhat hated on social media sometimes. S- somewhat I mean, hated, and, like Rob said, his legal jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, but anybody related to Patrick Mahomes is somewhat hated on social media. So. This this yeah, was a very good dad. Uh, uh, depends. Depends on the corner of social media. <laughs> yeah, but what, uh, like, he had like a six ERA on the twins. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what was in this for Patrick Mahomes, who signed a four hundred million dollar extension? Like, it's not that he's in it for the money. Like, it's not like a like, hey, I, like uh, you know, I want to like change my image at all. Like, the only reason why this happened, I would have to think, is because his wife wanted this to happen. But why are you, why are you, it still increases his value and his brand mm-hmm. the same way Jerry Jones always pushes the Cowboys to be on these shows. What's in it for the Cowboys? Like, I, I don't really understand this argument. Like, uh, I just why feel not? like, why not? You know, what's the downside? I don't know. Maybe I'm just like in you a, have editorial you know, control as, probably. as a Jets fan where we're like trying to, we, we're going to be on hard knocks and we don't want to. It's like, uh, like, what's the upside? Like, uh, is yeah. like, could Patrick Mahomes be more beloved? Like, uh, yeah, could yeah. he be more popular? I, I would wish. I want my team to be uh, on hard knocks on all these shows. Again, like I want more content from my teams. Um, you know, why does Derek Jeter, why do all these athletes come out with their own sort of self-produced documentaries? LeBron, like, you know, it's because just the, the unauthorized to- one would be a very yeah. uh, troubling about Derek Jeter. Yeah. Have <laughs> no, you heard I, about the I gift probably- baskets? Yeah, <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, Rob, but I probably agree with Alex here. Uh, I think that if you're somebody like Patrick Mahomes, who is widely regarded as one of the best players in football and, you know, depending on who you ask in football history, then this only raises your profile and it can make you more likable yeah. because people can hate on an athlete a lot of times just based off of this person plays against my team or I don't like that they beat us X, Y, Z. But then when you actually take a look into their family and their life and see how they operate, it does make them more endearing. Patrick Mahomes has a lot of haters and I am one of them. Yeah. And he has one hater on earth. I will be that person. But watching this did make me hate him a little bit less. And I I will take that. So I think there is a net positive to doing yeah. something like this. But when you come from a franchise where you want to move up, yeah, you definitely don't want any highlighting of you looking bad. And so I could see why, like right. as, as you said, the Jets, you wouldn't want that. And they get all kinds of access. I mean, even in good times, bad times. Like I, I couldn't believe that after the Vikings lose the playoff game, that the the camera guy's filming in the back seat when Kirk Cousins and his wife are driving home. Yeah, I, I really want to talk about that scene in that night because I mean that was one of the things that was really inspirational to me. But like to what Chappelle just said, like I think so much of our society these days, politics, sports, whatever, is driven more by you know who we're rooting against, voting against, than who we're voting for, rooting for. And like, I understand why that's necessary. I certainly do that myself sometimes, but it's healthier and more fun to root for players and for teams and to root against them, I think. Um, I really love, unlike Chappelle, I really love Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs. I also love Josh Allen in the Bills. I also love Joe Burrow in the Bengals. I love Lamar Jackson. I love Tua. Um, sorry, Rob, wow. I do not like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, <laughs> why? Now you can appreciate him finally. <laughs> but but it's so much, it, it, it really, it's a healthier and more fun attitude towards life, I think. And yeah, I think this show made me appreciate all of these guys more, except Mariota, who has a little bit of the heel turn at the end. You know, we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, so I think, uh, but I mean, Chappelle, you said that you uh, didn't like Mahomes and now you like him a little more. Why did you not like Mahomes coming into this? 
for the same reason that I, uh, you know, that I outlined basically is that this is a, this is a great player. And so it's easier for me to hate on them and be like, you know what, my team should be here or they're not that great. And this, that other, I mean, I can, I can respect the talent, but I think I'm such an NFL like uh like fan where I'm like, I, I really, I really have a hard time rooting for anybody else's team in basketball. I'm a little bit more lenient. Like I can root for multiple players across different, across different teams in basketball and NFL. I do. I don't play that shit. And so if you, uh, if your team bests my team, if your quarterback is seen as better than my, I'm done with you. And Patrick Mahomes is, yeah. I have to acknowledge he's at the top of his game. And uh, as somebody who thinks their quarterback should be, I, it's easy for me to hate on them. Well, I will say that I think that fantasy sports does make this easier to root for a lot of different players across a number of different teams because on any given week or season, it's like, oh, that's my guy. I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. I'm tuning into this game and I'm rooting for that. And so uh, if you play a lot of fantasy sports, I also could see uh, there being like, uh, I have an affinity for certain players that have helped me win in fantasy as well uh, as opposed to just hating on all of the Jets rivals. I would love to know from both of you that how much did the football, the actual football that was shown in here, how how exciting was that for you? Oh, that was cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I, cause I like football. And so mm-hmm. to watch the, uh, different angles of this same play to get into the player's mindset about the play, you know, like, uh, there's a, a scene, I think in the first episode where Patrick Mahomes does his like two yard touch, you know, uh, yeah. like pitch that he does for, uh, the touchdown pass or whatever, when he really could have ran it in probably. Uh, but in that moment, he, in his head, he's thinking, I just have to make this work. Cause we need this touchdown so bad, but everybody else is on Twitter going wild. Like he's crazy. He's a phenom. This is the craziest thing ever. But in his mind, he's just like, I just needed to score, you know, he goes to the sideline. He's like, oh, thank God I saved that one. But everybody's touting him as the best player who ever existed at, in that moment. And it's great because you don't get to see that aspect of it. And, you, you know, either you're on the winning side and you're thinking that's the best thing I've ever seen. Or you're on the losing side and you're thinking, man, that was crazy. I hate that that happened. But rarely do you hear the player saying, whew. I made it. You know, I did that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 that was not my intention, you know, to come out here and look like Superman. But yeah, that's what I did. And I'm happy for it. So I do like seeing that these players practice these things and then seeing how they uh, appear in the games. What about you, Alex? Yeah, a, a lot was made about the, the ring around the rosy play that the Chiefs did at the time during the season. But yeah. to see the background, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I told you guys uh, offline before we started, like this show really, I think, had a profound effect on me in a couple of ways. And one of those ways, you know, let's talk about the football. So like, you know, Sports fandom in America is so much driven by like rings culture, which which is something that I really hate. Like, why are we sports fans? Why are we football fans? Is the only reason we're football fans to win the Super Bowl? Because if that's the case, 97% of fans are going to be disappointed mm-hmm. every year. And why would Unhappy. we invest so much time and energy and money and emotions into something with a 97% failure rate? And so, like that, that's not why we're fans. And, and that's why, for example, I despise tanking in the NBA. Like we're fans because we sh- or we should be fans to get as much enjoyment and pleasure from following our teams on a game by game basis, a week by week basis. It can't just be solely about winning a title at the end of the year. And so, I mean, for me as a Minnesota fan, it's been 31 straight years, yeah. 180 consecutive seasons. Does this factor um, into your misery rankings? Yeah, but, but, but here's what I'm saying. If you could appreciate games fandom on a game by game basis, yeah. the Minnesota Vikings in 2022, I mean, they had a, a record 11, one score games. They won every single one of them. They set a record with eight fourth quarter comebacks um, in one season against the Colts. They had the biggest comeback in NFL history from a scoring margin perspective against the bills. They had the biggest comeback in NFL history from a win probability perspective. They just won last night. Uh, Justin Jefferson won the SB play of the year um, by, you know, Jefferson's probably the most exciting non quarterback player in the sport. 
I mean, this Viking season was so dramatic that they had not one, but two games that ended on a 61-yard field goal. And neither one of those is even mentioned in the show, mm-hmm. right? They had a 61-yard field goal walk-off against the Giants. Then, And then in London, the the, um, the Saints had a double-doink 61-yard field goal miss yes. for the Vikings to win that game. And so if your response to all of that is to say, well, they lost the playoffs, the season was a failure, like that's that's just not a healthy attitude. And it's also, it's just not true because like I got so much enjoyment week after week in September and October, November and December. Wow. And so rewatching this show and rewatching the football, it gave me an experience. Like I re I, I re-experienced all that. I got those dopamine hits again. And so I just think it's a much healthier attitude than the cynical attitude of well, like how did the season end? Because like, all right, like uh, unless you win the Super Bowl, you can be unhappy or you can say, no, the football was all awesome here because we got to relive all these exciting moments. As we said, they hit the jackpot with Mahomes, how his season went with cousins, how most of the season went. And we got to see the background of it. We got to see like, you know, other angles that you don't see during the week. And so, you know, I loved it. So maybe Alex, this is like a metaphor for life that uh, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And uh, we need to appreciate uh, like all the like uh, little triumphs along the way. Uh, let's yeah, another example of that is, you know, Kirk Cousins goes to the Super Bowl every single year and he talks about that on the show. Um, and I think people are like, oh, he's so thirsty. What a loser. Like, I'm not going to go until I'm in the game. And, and like, that's sort of what we celebrate. But like, why? If you're an NFL player, take advantage of the opportunities you have in life. Like, uh, this, are we supposed to make fun of Kirk Cousins because he has that little behind the secret door trophy room in his house that was and he has a knock? Lombardi trophy, but instead he just puts a division winning t-shirt up there and like, Oh, what a loser. Like I'm not going to make fun of it. Like there's so many other reasons to make fun of them. Sure. But like I was raised by my parents to believe if you're not the best, then you're a failure and that's not healthy. And like 99.999% of us are not going to be Patrick Mahomes. We're not even going to be Kirk cousins, but whoever we are in life, whatever you manage to Marcus Mariota. You're not even Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Whatever you do in life, find a way to celebrate it and find happiness and joy. Wow. And I, like, like that's something I've really worked out in my life in the last decade. And it's honestly like, it's really inspirational here. Like the, I think that was my attitude to watching Kirk cousins. Um, and as you guys offline, maybe uh, other substances had an effect on that. Yes. Well, this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, show. this is like, like uh, I feel like we're talking to the Oracle. Inspirational to me. Yeah, wow. no, it really was. This is dope. And I, and I honestly agree with you uh, because I, but I can't, I can't do that with the NFL. I, I mentally ha- cannot separate myself. In that, but, but with the NFL, with basketball, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I am a Mavericks fan, and I know that uh, Luca gonna get his big ass out there and, and hobble up and down the uh, the court. And we may or may not do well sometimes, and then sometimes we're gonna do poorly. But when we're out, I can still enjoy the game of basketball. Yeah, with football. I cannot do that. I'm sorry. I, it bothered me all year watching you talk about the Vikings because I was like, dear God, they're going to lose. This is a losing battle. They're barely mm-hmm. winning these games. But if you look at it from the perspective you were just talking about it, that's exciting football week after week. Imagine getting blown out every week to where there's nothing exciting. There's nothing that you can latch on to. There's no road uh, to redemption. There's no road to the Super Bowl. It's just you rooting for a team that has no chance. Then you you might get dejected by that kind of thing. But even then, you have the high highs of next year will be better. You know, uh, I just can't feel that because every time my team doesn't make it, then I have to hear about how my favorite quarterback does not win the big one. And then that ruins the whole season for me. But if I could just look at it objectively, yeah, there's probably a lot of good things about every NFL season for every team. You just have to look at it in a way that it's like, yeah, this is not about winning the Super Bowl. It's about watching good football. Some teams don't give you good football. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Uh, But if you do get good football, you should definitely appreciate it. Yeah. 
for me, as far as the football was concerned, that I feel like I guess I was not getting those same dopamine hits that Alex or other hits that Alex was getting from uh, going back and reliving <laughs> I a, like a somewhat magical season as somebody who sort of just knew there like I just didn't feel like there was anything that was particularly novel about that part of the show. It's just like, OK, this is just like inside the NFL or whatever sort of like uh, show weekly sports or weekly football ball highlight show the thing that i thought that was transcendent about quarterback was all of the stuff that went on that we didn't see the stuff that's happening in the training rooms and back home with all the athletes and the level of access that these three gave to these cameras i thought was really incredible and uh really did completely change you know how i look at you know uh, pro probably any professional athlete Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, you pointed out uh, just the stuff behind the scenes. I remember there's a scene where Kirk Cousins is talking about, I mean, how great of an athlete he is, but like it doesn't really matter because he hasn't won the big one. And that's very frustrating for him, I'm, I'm sure, because he is. This is a a, a physical specimen that I, I could never be Kirk Cousins, you know, but I can sit at home and be like, oh, Kirk Cousins isn't that great because he hasn't won a Super Bowl and this and other. But a lot of people cannot athletically do the things that that man can do. Uh, and they don't have to take the care of their bodies that he has to take care of with his body. And so this this definitely gave me a new appreciation for him as a quarterback. Uh, even, even his personal life, him being so vanilla and so boring, that yeah. was so endearing to me. So I appreciated it from that level too. So there's three different people that uh, we could talk about. Let's should we start with Kirk Cousins and talk about his his story throughout this? Sure. Okay. He's my favorite. Yeah. Well, I three. have to say I did not know a lot about Kirk Cousins coming into this, and in fact, I, I have a completely different perception of Kirk Cousins after this because the only thing I knew about him was that he like uh, had a whole kerfuffle with not wanting to take the vaccine. And I'm like, oh, Kirk Cousins, he's a lunatic. He's a cra he's crazy. And I've got like, uh, he is like the most like mild mannered guy there is. So, um, you know, you mentioned how they didn't mention uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother. Kirk Cousins' dad is also like a pretty radical preacher who has said like a lot of hateful things. That doesn't get mentioned either. Yeah, but Cousins' reputation is sort of, he's a very milquetoast Republican dad. He wears, you know, dorky clothes. He eats overcooked steak. He, uh, you know, he doesn't want vaccines. I didn't know he's that. friends with Trump, and, and whatever. Patrick Mahomes puts but, ketchup on steak. Yeah, I knew that. Kirk Cousins definitely does also. Um, <laughs> but, um, Maybe, yeah, some, maybe I, my, that's what Marcus Mariota is doing wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> cultural. Yeah. Uh, did you notice Kirk Cousins lets his son, or maybe to get up to that episode yet, uh, Kirk Cousins lets his son eat strawberries so he can never be Tom Brady, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Tom Brady has famously never eaten a strawberry. Um, but yeah, my attitude towards Cousins changed a lot. Um, this was sort of like the other, I said, you know, there's a couple ways that the show really like, you know, gave me like internal perspective on how I've changed. You talk about that scene after the playoffs. So, um, you know, I think... Like the dominant thinking among sports fans in America largely, and this is how I thought as a kid and into my teens and into my 20s, is we, we valorize the athlete whose like sole focus is his career to the exclusion of everything else. And so like the classic dichotomy here is like Kobe versus Shaq. So Kobe, his singular focus is his basketball performance to the detriment of his personal relationships. And we celebrate that. And we criticize Shaq because he's not solely focused on the game. He's rapping and making movies and becoming a police officer and getting advanced degrees and enjoying life. 
Oh, by the way, Shaq still had a better NBA career than Kobe, but but that's not even oh. like the point of what I'm saying here. Like as an adult, I know people like Kobe, people who their whole career is is their careers are like their whole focus in life. And I'm not criticizing anyone's personal choices, but like that's absolutely not what I would consider to be like a fulfilling and complete life. Like I take my career very seriously, but I also take seriously and I'm not going to sacrifice them for my career, my family, my friends, my community, my religion, like et cetera. And like, if you want to argue that makes me less successful in my career, that's your prerogative. But I would counter it makes me more successful in my life. And like, I think Shaq's life is more successful and happy than Kobe's was. And like Patrick Mahomes in his, he gets injured in his first playoff game and his wife is jokingly complaining, oh, he's going to use this as an excuse. He's not going to help around the house all week. He's going to say, sorry, honey, I can't change a diaper. And to be clear, like Mahomes and cousins are both presented on the show with great dads, but like, and great role models. Um, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with Mahomes saying that to, to his wife in that situation. I'd probably do the same. Um, but like I have friends who like intentionally stay at work late at night to like avoid going home to deal with their kids at the end of the day. And I'd be lying if I said I never Alex, did that. We're not talking about Akiva today. Okay. Yeah, Let's just leave him this. alone. Yeah, he's not here yeah. to defend himself. Sure. But look, but, but then so look at Kirk Cousins as a model. So he, the incredible season, 13 and four, super aspirations. They lose the first playoff game at home. He's crushed. The camera's in the back of the car. It would be completely reasonable for him to say, honey, I just want to go home. I want to lie in bed. That would be, that's probably what I would do. Instead, he goes home, gives his kid a bath, reads his kid a bedtime story, sings to his kids, says his Christian prayers with him. And I honestly, I thought that was like really inspirational. Like, um, you know, I've, I try and do the same almost every, I mean, I say Shema and Hamal Hagol, Hebrew songs, a little different than Cousins Christian songs, but like, mm -hmm. it's really inspirational. Like, does it make Kirk Cousins a better quarterback than Mahomes? No, but like in terms of a role model, I think it's a great message. Like my son really wants to watch the show. I wanted to watch it first to make sure it's appropriate. I'm going to point that out to him. I'm going to say like, look how like Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, but look like he's also focused on these other things in life. And so, yeah, I came into the show sort of thinking Kirk Cousins is a nerd and a dork and his politics definitely don't align with mine. Um, but like, I know it's not cool to say this, but like, I think he's inspirational. I really do. And he's someone that we should look up to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I really just, yeah, not as politics. okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, which are not explored, uh, really at all in the show and yeah, which is I, good. Yeah. I, I really was, uh, you know, blown away with that. I feel like that if I had a bad podcast and you know, then there was like a guy with like the reality TV camera, like, uh, following me around, <laughs> like, I'd be like, I'm get out of, get out of my, get out of here. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Like uh, turn the camera off, get out of like the, like stop, stop. We're not doing this right now. At the cameras. Yeah. Dead ass. <laughs> Enough. Yeah. During actually during the Vikings bills game, um, the 32 fans patrons, uh, they, I went live on Facebook cause they wanted to see my reactions. And when cousins was stuffed on the fourth down sneak, sneak into the end zone, it looks like the game was over. I slammed the screen down. I actually broke my laptop. <laughs> So yeah, I was not cousins. I was like, you're Rob. I said, get this camera out of here. I can't handle this right now. And then of course, Alan fumbles in the next play. They end up winning. And you know, I missed that all, but so yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Kirk Cousins comes off the most likable of these three people to me in this. And I think that's, that's, that's a lot saying a lot considering his nut, uh, nothing about this man aligns with me. But um, I think that I know people like Kirk Cousins. I like, I'm from Texas and a lot of times Texas gets very, very Christian and very, very milk toast. And this man just felt like somebody who was super like uh, relatable. Like I can't relate to him, but I know people, you know, him, him and his, uh, his family and the way that they were operating it, even in their religion. And you know, when, when things got really tough, like, Oh yeah, I turned to my scripture. Or I turned to my prayers. Or I listened to him, you know, uh, my uh, religious songs or whatever. His wife says that like, like, oh my God, the game was getting so tough. So I just turned on my, my religious songs and then I, everything felt better. I'm like, look at this lady. 
look at that. What a sweet lady. You know, she's, she's just trying to uh, like deal with this moment because when things get crazy, I throw stuff, you know, and I, and I put my foot through the screen probably if I was in these situations and she's closer. And like you were saying, Alex, they're closer, way closer than we are to the situation. And we're at home breaking fucking laptops and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, and so I do appreciate that. I also appreciate this. This is a normal person. He he likes to play football, but that does not ne- necessarily mean he needs to be a celebrity. And so we get to see him doing normal people stuff, going home, taking care of his kids, um, you know, spending time with his family, and then going to work and trying to be the best that he can be at work. And everybody's not going to be Patrick Mahomes at work either. Yeah. You know, if you're listening to this, that you have an office job, you're not going to be the star employee all the time. Sometimes you're just trying to get a paycheck or, you know, do your best at your job and get a paycheck, you know? And so I appreciate him from that perspective. But if you just listening to the podcast, like maybe you're getting the perception, okay, that, all right, well, all right, Kirk Cousins, that he goes and plays football on Sunday, but then he also like has a really good work-life balance where he's spending time with his family and, you know, he, he values that more than the preparation for the game. But no, he actually does an insane amount and really uh, him and Mahomes both Mm -hmm. do an insane amount of uh, prep for each of these games uh, on like every conceivable level. And I think that with uh, Cousins in particular, if we're focused on him, I mean, he does some things that... I didn't even know were possible. Uh, like first, like, like the vaccine thing. they may be a little ascientific, but <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll start with the, the body the work. Stuff, that, maybe, that, so he talks, it's like Brady. If you think it works, then maybe it works. Maybe it's it works. Uh, so he does yeah. like uh, like a, a incredible amount of body work. Uh, that he has like uh, a team of people that come in and move his body around in all different positions. And Alex, he says he learned this from Santana Moss, former jet. Yep. Yes. That a 14 year career. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, I think LeBron once said, and probably this number is even higher. Now he once said he spends over a million dollars a year of his own money on his body. Like not even including everybody that, you know, the team provides. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you have to, because you know, your body is your career for these guys, but also the mind, like episode four, which is called mind games. I absolutely love that episode. We see how hard it is like intellectually to be an NFL quarterback. And there's a reason Jeff George sort of famously got a six on the wonder. Like he was like the dumbest quarterback in NFL history. And like, you see why, like if you're a dummy, like Jeff George, why you can't be a successful NFL quarterback? Uh, no disrespect to Jeff George. Well, a little bit. Uh, Who cares? Um, is he listening? Jeff George? Probably. I mean, shout out to Jeff George if he's listening. Yeah, what else it's, are you doing? Homework these guys have to do um, phys- it's physically and mentally. It's incredibly tough. The physical side, like, you know, you watch Kirk Cousins getting killed in like all these plays and you hear the hits because he's got the mic on his body. Yeah. It's very, I don't want to be a quarterback. Um, yeah, there are moments when Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's like mic'd up and he's like uh, just like in agony and you're hearing that. It was a little uncomfortable to watch at times. Just like, yeah, these are gladiators. Ah, the, the sport is, you, know. <laughs> you never feel that way after a podcast? No, uh, I also feel like I'm a bad podcaster after watching all of this because of the level <laughs> of on. prep that everybody puts in. I'm like, boy, 
Like, uh, like I, I should be doing that. I should be like, uh, you know, in my downtime, like, all right, look, bring up the survivor wiki. I gotta be going through everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me watch. Well, Rob, that's why you don't have a $500 million guaranteed contract. So that's true. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. Um, I feel like <laughs> that these guys are uh, like at the top of their game are doing so much more. And I, I do think Chappelle, I, I think that's what's interesting about a show like this is that I feel like when you watch these documentaries about like anything, I feel like it's, uh, so natural just to compare what they're doing in their jobs to like uh, like uh, basically how we live our own everyday lives. Yeah, and that's why these people are at the top of their game, right? That's why they are world-renowned athletes because they're doing world-renowned things to get there. Whereas like uh, if you're at your job and you're not putting this kind of prep in it, it's like there's no wonder why you're, you're not where you would like to see yourself maybe. Um, because when you really, really care about something, you do put a lot of effort into it, Robin. You're being kind to your, like unkind to yourself by saying you didn't do a lot of prep, but you've been talking about this shit for 20 years. And so if you want to talk about Survivor Wiki and stuff like that, you could probably write it. Yeah, that's not something no, that you need to prepare uh, for. But that level of preparation is just what they're putting in right now. They haven't had the, the tenure that you've had, uh, Rob. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of people could look at it like that. Like if I prepped uh, half as hard as they're prepping for these, uh, you know, for their their job as I do for podcasts, I'd be worlds better, you know. And there's probably always room for to improve even when you're at that level. So just imagine how much you could improve if you're not trying the, you know, your best to be the best at all times. And so, I, like I said, I liked watching it, um, seeing the 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 workouts seeing the 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 honestly the physical therapies and stuff that they're doing yeah all that stuff is just to keep them in a position where we can sit at home on the couch and say yeah that guy sucks and that's crazy because they're doing so much more and i'm still gonna bash kirk cousins the first chance i get i might draft them in fantasy now I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Alex, so the one thing that happened on this, that was one of the things that was uh, the most uh, mind blowing things for me, no pun intended, was Kirk Cousins does uh, Chappelle get I, I know you didn't get to this part. He does some sort of like a at home brain scan where this was like yeah. out of black mirror that he, yeah, I don't know what that was. he wears like a, uh, like a cap on his head that is attached to like wires and his iPhone. And then he watches yeah. like a movie and if he's but the not COVID vaccine, that'll give you 5g. That scares <laughs> yeah. That's the one that'll do it. Yeah. But um, yeah. What, what did you know about this? What is this? No. no, yeah, and again, I, I I think it's like Brady. I think for a lot of these guys, whether it's been in peer-reviewed medical journals or not is less important. If you think that something's working for you, then go ahead and do it, right? Maybe it's placebo effect. Maybe it's whatever. Yeah. I thought it's really cool. We see Patrick Mahomes with his trainer, all these numbers and these stats for all these things he does. Um, and yeah, I, I don't I don't know what it all means. I don't know how legitimate the science is necessarily. But, you know, the point is that they're they're putting a lot of, of work into their bodies and their minds. Yeah. And, you know, but, but it's, whatever they think. It's, so it's wild. So it's like if you were like not paying attention like enough, like a picture shrinks or it goes out of focus. Yeah, yeah. And even Kirk Cousins, wife is like, oh, yeah, when we went on a date and then he showed me my brain scan, I was really blown away. It's like, wow. Even even yeah. Mrs. Cousins is getting the brain scan. Yeah, Adam Cousins. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of, uh, of, of Julie cousins, she talks about, you know, we were talking about the work life balance before on Tuesdays for 24 hours, cousin steps away and does no football every single week, focuses on his family. And even says like, when I started doing this and telling coaches, they were like, Oh, I don't know how an NFL quarterback just disappears every Tuesday during the season. Right, Marcus but like, Mariota does it every day of the week. Yeah, that's true. But like that, that's especially like when I was a junior associate, like I work at a, at a job, which is like, you, you're sort of always on call 24 seven. And like, if I didn't have Shabbat, I don't know how I would have this, I would have this job. And so I totally mm-hmm. get what she's saying. Like when you have a job that's very demanding, you need to be able to unplug and get away for 24 hours a week. And it makes you better at your job also because it's healthier to do that. And so I can't even I think get to that on this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, sometimes you have to send people your own, their own stream yard links and you, mm-hmm. you should really hire somebody to do some of that work so you can take some time <laughs> off. Uh, but I'd agree that, you know, a lot of this stuff could just be mental, but there's, there's so much that goes into your mental health that we don't probably talk about when it comes to athletes. Um, and even th- when they talk about, you know, how smart you have to be to be a quarterback, I think in one of the episodes they talk about how um, quarterbacks are looked at as like jocks or a lot of times football players are looked at as jocks that, oh, well, you know, they're not very smart or they didn't have to study as hard in school because they were going to get passing grades. It's like, yeah, but look at all the studying they're doing just to play this game, you know, and that's in college. So once they get to the NFL, there's no lack of studying there. And then you might end up in a situation like Kirk Cousins where you have to switch systems and then you have to relearn a whole different thing. So you might be the best that you can be in that system. But once it changes, you have to relearn all of that and you have to tailor your workouts and your your uh, your studying to that. And so uh, they do a lot of work and a lot of uh, like training in ways that we don't really think about. And so taking a day to just rest from that is probably great for anybody, including the person who is not a football player. You just need time to get your stuff together. Yeah. And you have to have a coach that buys into that also, because I don't think it's in his contract. Imagine like uh, Kirk Cousins, like signs with the Patriots. And it's like, yeah, I need Tuesdays off. Yeah. 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 It's not going to happen. Why, um, which is why he won't sign with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're doing a lot of praising of cousins here. Um, I we need to point out like he's probably a very annoying. Like um, he turns to Nick Mullins, his backup quarterback, um, at practice one morning and says, "You know what today is, Nick? Today is an opportunity." And like he sounds like the worst kind of colleague at work. Like the people. I told you, I plan cliches. on <laughs> I plan on bashing him the moment we're done with this. I like this made yeah. me like him more, but make no mistake, there's plenty to make fun of. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the most interesting thing about him last season was that he wore that plaid shirt. He's rolling in Cole's cash. Yeah, rolling no, in Cole's cash. Got all things, Kirk O'Chain's baby. Mm-hmm. It made me it made me scream rolling in Cole's cash because this man's like, yeah, it's Patagonia. You know, it's like, yeah, of course it is, sir. We know. We fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does, I thought it was nice how he wins the because this is what I was speaking to before about, you know, off the field stuff. He wins the Bart Star Award um, for, you know, his uh, his character off and on the field. Um, and he totally has me with everything he says in that speech until he sort of gets more explicitly Christian at the end, which again, you know, he's, he's a little less, uh, you know, egalitarian in that respect, which, you know, uh, that's fine. He's in a proselytizing religion. So it's not mine personally, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So he does get some recognition for sort of uh, his, his uh, full character, which yeah, I think so is nice. One of the wildest things for me was, you know, some of the stuff that we see when the players are doing things off the field. And so uh, we like spend a lot of time on the, the bills Vikings game. And then the fallout of that, where they play the Cowboys and they lay an egg and then they're getting ready. They, they have a Thursday game against the Patriots on Thanksgiving. 
And so they're coming off of the game and we've been through and cataloging all of Kirk Cousins prep that he has to get into and all of his aches and pains and all of the different body issues that he has. And he it goes to go to this Salvation Army event of like feeding people uh, who are like looking for a Thanksgiving meal. And I just like that really it's like. If I had to do that on like, uh, it's like, oh, like, oh, I got, I got this Survivor podcast. I got this. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to fit that in. No, I don't think I can make that out to the yeah, Salvation Army week. on a, a before, before my Thursday game against the Patriots. And he's there and he's not like complaining about it. I, I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, you 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 sometimes will call me out when I say something like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm about to go uh, do a food drive real quick. You're like, when do you have time to do these yeah. things? Like, sometimes you just you know, like uh, I I mean, me and Kirk Cousins. The one thing we do have in common is that we're both Christians, and I mean, maybe that's something that drives that idea. They're like, oh, like if you feel like you have to be active in your religion like that, then maybe you feel like you have to do that thing, or maybe it just feels like it's second nature. For me, I just like to help people, and so it doesn't feel like it takes me out of my day. But seeing that somebody as big as Kirk Cousins has the time to do something like that on like one of the bigger games like it'd be different like i'm going to work re regular you know this is a regular thursday for me this is the thanksgiving day game for this man you know this is uh, a televised event that everyone's going to see this the the season is basically on the line at this point and you still have time to go help people that's amazing it, it was amazing um alex on his days off his 24-hour days off he opens and and reads and writes back to the fan mail he gets yeah. Did you see there was a letter for me from a little dude named Alexander? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't see that. I, I tweeted that at two I bet he's going to get inundated with letters now. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's Jen, you know Jen actually told me, I was telling her how I was inspired by him, and she said, oh, you should send him a letter and tell him that. I'm like, well, I'll say it on a podcast. That's enough. That's enough. That's Kirk enough. Cousins. Shout you're out listening. to the Cousins family if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, I feel like yeah. that we did not get a sufficient backstory of uh, what led to the tick viral TikTok moment of Kirk Cousin shirtless with the chains yeah. on the airplane. Yeah, that, that wasn't explained well enough. Yeah, so basically, so the, the Where were the behind-the-scenes cameras that day? Yeah. So the Vikings keep having these like miraculous wins week after week. And they, you know, they, and the uh, cousins is known for being such a dork in his dress and stuff. And so he, he keeps orchestrating these fourth quarter comebacks. And so every time he does his teammates put another one, his teammates who have a little bit more, uh, you know, a modern and cool dress, let's say um, on the flight home from these road games, they start putting their chains on him. And so he gets more and more chains around his neck. And as he gets more iced up, he, he gets the nickname Kirko chains. And then he does these dances, which go viral on TikTok. And then some scrawny little eight-year-old white kid in Minnesota copies him at the game. And then that kid becomes a celebrity. And it was a whole, th again, like the whole Viking season was a magical experience. It was just so much fun um, that even a dork like Kirk Cousins became like a cool symbol, even if it was ironic. So... Yeah, but they sort of, yeah, that was a little shoehorned in. They could have uh, spent more time on Kirko Chains. Did you learn anything about the season that you didn't know already, Alex? Yeah, so there's an amazing, amazing moment. And on Vikings Twitter, this has been talked about a lot in the Vikings-Bills game. And yes. so since we're spoiling here, um, the Vikings, you know, um, Justin Jefferson has that miraculous catch on fourth and 18. The Vikings are down 27-23. They're driving in Buffalo. They're on the one-yard line. It's fourth down and in inches. Uh, Cousins does not uh, call, does not do the play that his coach calls in. Instead, he does a quarterback sneak of his own volition 
but he doesn't tell his coach. Uh, Cousins actually talks about on the show, coaches have a, a microphone into a speaker in the quarterback's helmet. So the quarterback can hear the coach, but the quarterback cannot communicate back to the coach in the other direction unless he runs to the sideline. So Kirk decides to do a quarterback sneak without telling his coach, but they don't have the, the personnel in there for a quarterback sneak because that wasn't the play. And so he actually gets stuffed and the Vikings seemingly have just lost the game. And Cousins runs back to the sideline and his coach, while trying to control his emotions, he's like, what were you doing? Why did you call that? We, if you want to do that play, let's put in that personnel. We have a one timeout remaining. Let's use the timeout. And it was really eye-opening all that whole interaction because it seems like Cousins basically cost his team the game there. And again, the next play, Allen fumbles, the miracles continue. They end up winning the game. But like that was just a really eye-opening and really cool experience and a whole other angle to an incredible game that I didn't otherwise know about. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when we look at how devout Kirk Cousins is and the number of miracles that did happen, you know, it is a little yeah. eye-opening. A little yeah, bit, well, he but... quotes Margaret Thatcher, right? Um, yeah. If he walked on water, they'd say that uh, they'd criticize him because he can't swim. Or is that the line? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's that's it. Uh, they'd say yeah. it's because he couldn't swim. Yeah, and, but, I, but But that is, yes. And I hold that. And I and I do. <laughs> like, I, I own that. You know, that's what I'm saying. When he said that, I was like, wow, that's really crazy because this man, like, again, I could never be the athlete that he is. But when he, I watched that game and I literally tweeted out, the Vikings are winning in spite of him, not because of him. And, and like, and I meant that. I was like, no, the only reason they're winning is because just they are getting lucky. This man is tanking the season and they just won't let him. And, and like watching this, this moment was like, yeah, look at that. Look at him doing the exact same thing. I'm like the coach. If you wanted to do this, we could have fixed this, but seeing it from his perspective does it humanizes him in a lot of ways. I think, I think more players should probably do stuff like this, honestly, because then I probably feel a lot worse, you know, when I'm like cursing at them at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're, you're completely right, Chappelle. They don't mention his stats at all uh, during the season, really, um, except to show like Michael Irvin saying he's the MVP or whatever. Cousins statistically had his worst season in Minnesota this past season. The difference is he would be a top five quarterback every year statistically, and they would lose because of their defense. And this year, he actually, in the fourth quarters, he was incredible, but he was actually bad in the first three quarters overall on the season, which is why over Overall, he was not, it was not a great season for him. And they don't really focus on that because unfortunately we are so much driven by wins and losses at the quarterback position. And so because they went 13 and four, he was being discussed as a possible MVP, even though it was his worst season. And if anyone was the MVP on this, on this team, it was Jefferson, but yeah. mm-hmm. this, this is not, the show's not called wide receiver. So it is crazy. <laughs> like Jefferson and, Jefferson and Travis Kelsey are two of the biggest stars and biggest personalities in football. They're like barely mentioned on the show. It's so focused on the quarterback. There's a little more Kelsey than Jefferson. Yes. Even- Je- well, there's nothing from Jefferson at all. I yeah. mean, Kelsey at least gets interviewed. His brother, Jason Kelsey, uh, his the, the podcast they have together. So he gets a few shout outs. By the way, Jason Kelsey, uh, the favorite athlete of multiple 32 fans listeners, as we learned in the census yesterday. Wow. Um, yeah, Travis does like the Malcolm, the Mahomes hype man thing, which I love. Uh, Mahomes during his Super Bowl pregame speech, he's like, we need everybody. And Kelsey's like, everybody. And then Mahomes is like, everything we worked for is this moment. And Kelsey's like, right here. And then Mahomes is like, let's drag their ass across the finish line. And Kelsey's like, drag their shit. And I, I just thought that whole thing was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> because the, we barely see Kelsey as a person. And so on this show. The idea that they try to make it seem like Patrick Mahomes has no receivers because like, oh my yeah. God, they got, yeah. they, 
they got rid of Tyree, Tyree Hill. What are they going to do? Who are they going to throw yeah. the ball to? What's going to happen here? I was like, shut the fuck. You know, I, I, that's, a, that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that makes me hate these, the, this team and this, this quarterback. Because I really tried to make a meal out of it. Like Travis Kelsey isn't right there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of this. Um, but yeah. But that's you would the problem think that I think give... documentaries have in general. Where no, the, I'm in the, the season. <laughs> main party, the main party, uh, like the main focus of a documentary sort of gets exaggerated their influence on society or their team mm-hmm. or the league. And, and it's right, though, he yeah. has a ton of influence, but to, to act like this man, I was like, what are we going to do now? We don't have Tyreek Hill. What is, what is, how are we going to, are we going to have to rely on the run game at this point? Stop it. Stop the shenanigans. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, they don't give them enough. Maybe next season we do wide receivers and they, they give a little um, credit to some of the people who are making these quarterbacks look so good. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to say about Kirk Cousins? Because I want to uh, talk about the other two guys. Uh, Alex, anything that jumped out to you? I think we've uh, covered it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Milk toast is nice. He was (laughs) very pumped up about the Thanksgiving game. And then uh, when he and he seemed to be like take a little bit of an offense to the whole primetime cousins thing. Uh, But when he he should, because it's not true. When he got to like a sample that turducken at the end of the game. Uh, he was so pumped up, but he seems like yeah. a guy, if he was not a quarterback, he would be equally as excited for turducken. Yeah. Yeah. I he's said this before. He's a guy who appreciates every, like he appreciates the road really, really a lot. And every single accomplishment that he has, even if it's not the ultimate accomplishments that, you know, we judge players by, like he appreciates them and he tracks them. He puts all his game balls up and I say, good for him. We should all do that in life. Yeah. Be grateful for the things that you do have and stop, you know, focusing on the things that you don't. Yep. I want to talk about the other two guys that were featured on this, but as far as like how they put it all together, that one thing that annoyed me about this was the very, in my opinion, and maybe I'm, I'm dead wrong about this, the very staged Colin Coward setups that we get throughout the entire documentary. Yeah. Does Coward really have like an HD camera close up on his podcast every week right, where he's he like, like breaking down the Falcons no week after week. He's like, let me tell you about the Falcons <laughs> week four. Are you kidding me? Would that come back when Marcus Mariota like stop it? Uh, I do wonder though, was, was the other stuff fake? Like was like the good morning football. Did they uh, like, they're so good on that show. I feel like that they could fake it. But they also spend like four well, hours I don't, I don't every think, day. I don't think that was faked. I think that was the real. That I, think, was real I stuff. think there's just so much football. I think there's so much football content out there. We just don't even realize. I think Coward does do this. We just I'm not listening to him because he's a blowhard and a douchebag. But, you know. Oh, no. A hundred percent. If you go on YouTube, you could just go through hours and hours of him doing exactly what you're talking about. Um, I wow. think they I think they they made this. I think that they had Colin, oh, wow. Colin Coward recording. Conspiracy these. Rob here. Yes. They called yeah. him in. For, they're like, we need we need more coverage. <laughs> I just um, like Co- Colin Coward does a show uh, and he does. He's on for a few hours uh, a day, but he talks about the same thing for like 45 minutes. He's not like breaking down like game by game. And I don't think he was talking about Marcus Mariota that much. <laughs> Not much to talk about. I don't know. I've never Mariota. listened to the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, all right, let, let's talk about Mar- Mariota and we'll end with Mahomes because I do think that the Marcus Mariota was interesting to have him featured as part of this. And I, I don't know if there was something specific about Marcus Mariota or it's weird that these were the three people that said, Yes, uh, Chappelle. Can you do you think that they wanted Mariota? 
I don't know if they want Mariota specifically, but I do think he works for this assignment. If you want to give quarterbacks at like a complete view of quarterbacks, um, you know, you have somebody who is the quarterback, right? And then you have somebody who could be, you know, who could be in a different world. And then you have somebody who is very clearly not the quarterback uh, in Marcus Mariota, who is actually fighting for his job uh, in, in that moment because he starts off the season with uh, the Falcons actually drafting a quarterback. And so, um, yeah, this is a, a situation that a lot of quarterbacks have been in. It's probably something that, like, if you have been in the NFL, you're probably like, yep, been there before, seen that happen. Um, and so I think that's a very, uh, like, different angle to give it. But I don't know if it had to be Mariota, but I do think it works because he is fighting for his job, and then he ends up uh, losing said job. Yeah. And that's honestly a, a real depiction of what quarterbacks go through. Yeah, I did feel like that Mariota of the three guys, I felt like was like the most relatable in terms of that he is not, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he is not Superman, uh, that he is like struggling to, you know, fulfill like all of the prep that he needs to go. He does come across as the most human of the three people that are depicted in the show. I was so wrong about Marcus Mariota that I really, in uh, 2014, I wanted the Jets to tank and get Marcus Mariota. I felt like that he was going to be great. I've drafted him in fantasy before and gotten burned by Marcus Mariota. And I think I still thought he was a kid. Like, I was surprised to see him show up here with, like, some gray hair. The gray hair, yeah. Yeah, a little long in the tooth now, Marcus Mariota. The ripe old age of 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was with you. I was always uh, in the 2015 draft. I was with him over Jameis. And I mean, he wasn't bad in Tennessee. He, you know, he had some moments. They won a playoff game against Kansas City. Um, ultimately, he got benched. But I thought he deserved a starting job when I thought he did pretty good in in, um, in Las Vegas as the Raiders backup. Um, it, the interesting thing about him is, and we talked about this a little bit before, like early on in the show, you're like, oh, we got to spend a third of the show on like this boring Falcons team. And like, you know, this guy who's going to get benched. But then it gets really interesting in episode five because, and as long as we're doing spoilers, so he, um, he, he, there's a question about whether he's going to get benched because the season's going nowhere and they did draft this third string quarterback and they need to see what he has. And then he has a baby and the day after his first child with his wife and the day after he has his child, he loses his job, which is rough. And then it's the team and and the coach um art art smith is a guy who he's close with he was his coach for five years in tennessee smith brought him to atlanta specifically because of that relationship and so it seems like smith is really throwing him under the bus because this guy just had a baby and he's like throwing him under the bus he's not here right now yeah he uh, oh now he's getting surgery but let me be clear that's not why he was benched he was benched because he sucks not because of surgery and (laughs) it wasn't clear to me is he being like punished for having had a kid like this wasn't so great but then I think it sort of turns out, well, no, he did kind of quit. I think he was pissed that he lost the job. And his attitude is, well, you guys are saying you're going in another direction, so I don't need to be here anymore. Right. Which probably isn't, probably not the right attitude to have. It was wild. Is it the wrong one? Uh, I, I don't know. But they said that, like, okay, uh, that he's AWOL. We don't know where he is. And you would think that this yeah. show that's like a documentary about behind the scenes of what goes on <laughs> would explain where he was, but he just wasn't uh- in the show anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and then we fast forward to January 2023. Too. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. Then we fast forward to January 2023 after the season's over and they're asking well, what's your side of it? And his he doesn't really have a side. His side is they said they're going another direction, so I just so I let bailed them. and went to Las Vegas. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I, I let them. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with them. You telling me yeah. I got to. Wh- why? You're publicly, first of all, publicly bashing me. I'm all over television getting bashed as well, you know, because every sports network is talking about how I'm about to get replaced and all this other stuff, how I have been replaced, how I'm about to get cut, probably. And you think I'm going to keep showing up for this? Why? But hold on. Did why? you guys know? Because I did not remember at all in December this. Like, I knew he got benched. Um, for Ritter, but did you guys know this thing about how he went AWOL? Because I had no recollection. No, no, I, I didn't know anything about this. I, and also, yeah, I didn't even know wild. that he was signed with the Eagles. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, at I the mean, end well, of yeah, like, So that's the funniest part. So after season, after episode five, where he gives his little explanation why he bails, he's done. He's out of the show. Not in episode six at all. Not in episode seven, which is good, frankly. And then at the end of episode eight, I completely forgot he was on the show. He comes back to say he signed with the Eagles and he's like, I actually wanted to go to a West Coast team closer to home. Philly's really far away and really cold. <laughs> And I'm wondering, like, how excited are the Eagles to, to sign this guy who quit on his previous team and hopefully says he doesn't want to be with your team? It's kind of funny that, you know. Yeah. yeah. He, he liked Vegas. Uh, wasn't, wasn't he uh, in Vegas for a little while before going to Yeah, he to was Atlanta? there for two years as cars backup and played really well in limited uh, opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was trying to get back to where he knew somebody. Uh, uh, but, you yeah, know, going but to I Philly think the person he knew was John Gruden. <laughs> yeah, that. unfortunately, he's he's not in the league. <laughs> so yeah, for uh, Mariota, it's just a, such a weird ending to it because I was really like, okay, well, like uh, it was interesting to see him going through his struggles, and there is a point where it's like the Falcons are like three and three, and he has like one game that was like a statistical anomaly, and I think that I didn't have him in fantasy, but I feel like that, that was one of the people like I needed a quarterback off the waiver wire. I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna do Marcus Mariota, and I think he had like four touchdowns in a game at one point this season. And that was the week I could have picked them up. So I was a little annoyed about that, but yeah, he had a game where he went like 13 out of 14 and had like a bunch of touchdowns, I think. Yeah. And he, it was like, uh, they're like playing clips of like, Oh, is he maybe comeback player of the year? Marcus Mariota. But ultimately like it's short lived. And then they go from like, th- I think they are four and four and they go to like, to like what they're like five and eight or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah I think they three, four yeah. out of four out of five of the last, you know, whatever games. Um, yeah. yeah, it's tough, you know, but they do show and Peyton Manning talks about this at the beginning of the doc where he says the quarterback is the person who has to carry the load of the the, the team. They they are the ones celebrated when they win, but they're also the person you blame when they lose. And then they have and to we, show freaking like a cutaway of Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, did you not blame him? Uh, so for uh, for me, watching Marcus Mariota was is kind of like that. There was there were moments where, oh, he was rallying, you know, and there would be like, oh, he got like two touchdown passes in there or he's running for his life, like getting he's the only reason they're even in contention in this game. And then all of a sudden he fumbles and it's like, well, you lost. Thanks, Mariota, for ruining that for me. He's like, you wouldn't even have been mm-hmm. in that position if it wasn't for that man. But he does have to shoulder that loss um, and you have to take what comes with that I I did not make it to episode five so I did not know that that's his last episode <laughs> but it, it just seems like once he had his kid he wanted to focus on his happiness and he wasn't happy he even said earlier in the in the in the doc that he had been questioning if he even liked playing football anymore and so you know he thought he kind of liked it in Vegas it seemed like he just liked Vegas because <laughs> I think so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting about the Mariota storyline was that he has a like a, a lifelong friend uh, that is he grew up with who became a professional chef. 
And then he had yeah. this guy move in with him and basically he pays him to cook all of uh, Marcus Mariota's meals. The life. Yeah, that was interesting. It's like, oh, this is my yeah. buddy and he's just he cooks for me. Yeah, and that's got to be hella common. That's got to be hella common for like athletes to have their own personal chef and stuff because he says himself, I like McDonald's, but McDonald's is not going to keep me in a job. And so I need to have somebody Only who's going to make food. Yeah, McDonald's he's like, I got Mondays. McDonald's Mondays, right? McGriddle in the morning, all that good stuff. So he, uh, but he feels like I need somebody to prep this food for me because if I don't have it prepped, I'm not going to eat healthy. And I've never felt anything more in my soul. You know, like if it is available and it's healthy, I will yeah. eat it. But if not, I'm going to Whataburger. We didn't really see too much about uh, what Mahomes or uh, Cousins eats. Like, I get the sense that I didn't think that there was a personal chef at Kirk Cousins' house. No. Cousins' house in Minnesota is, I mean, the yard's really nice. The house is surprisingly modest for a guy with that much money. They uh, now shop his main at, house at Sam's Club. Yeah. Now, his main house is in at Michigan. I think, as, I think every one of these guys has a personal chef. I'm sure yeah. they do. Or but meal prepper, I, yeah, they don't at the show very that, least. So I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. they like they might not have a live-in chef, like, but they definitely have a meal prepper or something like that. Because there's no mm-hmm. a nutritionist on standby. There's no way they're putting all this, uh, you know, this work into their their body physically on the uh, externally and not internally as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and even like reg- reg- celebrity actors and stuff like that who have to keep their bodies in line, they do the same thing. Okay. Let's talk about Mahomes because Mahomes gets the bulk of the screen time uh, here in this, especially as we get towards uh, the the playoff run. Yeah. Um, All right. So, Alex, what was your take on seeing uh, the life and times of Patrick Mahomes? So, look, he he is the greatest football player ever. I mean, uh, hopefully he'll retire at that point. Uh, He hasn't put together the full resume yet of a Peyton or Manning or a Tom Brady because, you know, he's only played a few years. But... And it's a year in which they go and win the Super Bowl. So it works out perfectly for the show. He's he's a pretty entertaining guy. He's got that Danny McBride sort of cartoon voice, which was the first thing. Dr. Jen watched the first couple episodes with me and she was blown away. She's like, is that his real voice? I'm like, yep, that's his real voice. Um, but yeah, it's it's very, as, as Chappelle said, it's very focused on him sort of to the exclusion of everyone. Like Andy Reid is barely a character in this show, even less so than, than O'Connell or, or Smith among the coaches. Um, Brittany Mahomes, pretty big character. The wife, I guess, Rob, that's why you speculate that uh, that she was sort of pushing for this. They've been together since seventh grade, which I think is really cute and yeah. unusual for an athlete. Uh, you know, uh, to paraphrase from Seinfeld, the dream of becoming an NFL quarterback is you break up with your girlfriend and, you know, mm-hmm. whoever you're dating. And so he's been loyal to her since the very beginning. And, you know, uh, and uh, that that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think Mahomes, we see the, the greatest person in the world at his profession and what it takes to do that. And I think that's pretty cool. Even if, you know, he's a little bit corny. He he says, yes, sir. To everything, which Carl Anthony Towns also does, which I find really annoying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, But but yeah, overall, my take is we see why he's the best and we see the work that he puts in sort of like cousins. In his case, it's more physical that they show um, a little more. Probably he's, you know, he's a more dynamic physical player, obviously than, than cousins. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. It, it works out perfectly that uh, the narrative, they lose the Bengals again, and then they get to get revenge and they win the Super Bowl. So, uh, I, I loved it all. Yeah. I, I found myself, I found myself rooting for Mahomes more than I usually do. And I was trying to remember, it wasn't that long ago. It was seven months ago or less, five months ago. I don't remember who I was rooting for in the Bengals chiefs AFC championship game. 
uh, you know, in January. But it, watching the show, I was definitely rooting for the Chiefs. So mm. Joe Burrow, I wanted a documentary. Love to lose. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow, by the way, is so freaking cool. He's like, he's amazing. No, says this forty-year-old dork father. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. no, cool. we're good. I don't need. I don't need any more Joe Burrow coverage. I think I was rooting for both of the teams to lose. I was hoping for like some type of Bane situation or something. Um, but this is uh, the story of Mahomes. I mean, what do you want me to say? Uh, if I feel like if you're a, a Chiefs fan, this is like something you watch on a loop, right? Because this is you watching probably your favorite player on your favorite team doing the things that he does best, and it's amazing to watch. Um, but if you are not, if you are a Chiefs hater or, you know, whatever the case may be, this is excruciating. Uh, you know, I'm just like, this sucks. But, I mean, he's good. And, you know, I would like to see him more flawed. That would be fun. But uh, it made me feel like, Oh God, here we are again talking about how great this guy is. So, you know, no shade to him. Of course, like I said, he's 10,000 times the athlete I'd ever be. But at the same time, that's why he does what he does. And I get to sit on this side of the mic and talk about it. You know, he's so polished. Uh, He's 27 years old uh, and is like uh, such a like uh, functioning adult uh, at this age where I feel like that uh, if if you followed me around at my age, uh, it would not uh, <laughs> come across like nearly. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, of course, obviously not. Uh, it's not, not that impressive, but it, it's just like uh, it's uh, he's like just like. I am so taken away with like uh, these guys, like they come out and the people want their like, um, you know, the the fans are there and he's given he's given high fives to everybody. And I just like I'm, I'm so impressed that the time that they find to do all these things is like, hey, I have a very important job of being the quarterback of in the face of the NFL. Like, I don't have time for all of this. Uh, and somehow like uh, he's making time. Did he go to his wife's, uh, you know, she owns a prof- a women's professional soccer team and he went to a game? Yeah. He has to live his life. If my wife was like a a owner of a professional women's soccer team, and everybody knows I am the biggest advocate of professional women's sports uh, that there is, I don't think I'd have time to go. It's like, hey, I have Renap (laughs) on that day. I can't go to the soccer game. Yeah. Uh, they, but look, this man has now a part very of this important might be job. for the show. Let's be honest, yeah, there, right. This man, he has a very important job, and I'm sure he can pay people to do the things that you also spend time doing. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, when he's not at work, he's not also running errands. There are people doing that for him. Uh, so he gets time to go mm-hmm. and spend time with that his might family. Also, been in the things. contract that we have to show feature the uh right the professional uh Kansas City women's soccer team that uh, Brittany Mahomes owns. It doesn't hurt. To, uh, well, to I always wonder it. on these shows how much editorial control or veto even power did these guys have? I mean, Patrick and, Mahomes probably doesn't agree to do it without the power of veto. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, um I mean, yeah. Yeah. And him and Cousins obviously both come out looking pretty good, uh, a little bit less so uh, for Mariota. Um, so maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. I, I, one of my favorite scenes in the Mahomes part is at Super Bowl week, Mahomes tells Jalen Hurts that he got a house for his family for the week. And Hertz is like, oh, you bought a house here? And Holmes is like, no, I Airbnb'd it. And then he says... I did it three months ago. Now the prices have gone way up, um, which by the way, you know, Mahomes has a contract for half a billion dollars, but like, I do think it's like really baller to like three months before the Super Bowl. Like you're so confident. You're like, 
I'm going to book an Airbnb like huge mansion there. Well, you know, I, I do think that Patrick Mahomes there. is like, even if he's not in the game, it's like, okay, best case scenario, I'm in the game. Worst case scenario, like, you know, go he's got to go to a bunch of like NFL things there. He's got to be yeah, there. Well, anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, because then he, he'd have to go get his MVP trophy in person. So yeah, the that's experience probably. My cousins, and all that cousins stuff. is there. Yeah. Cousin, yeah. Cousin, it's a little bit sad. Cousins doesn't even invite. get invited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the NFL appreciates people who look polished. I really do. I think they like for their football players to look like football players. They they go to work and they play football, and then outside of at, outside of home, they can be as milk toast as you want to. Like they 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 have to be the epitome of what you want to see an athlete, and then they have to have nothing negative about them in the background. And so Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. really does, uh, especially in this documentary, come off like somebody like that. In a lot of ways, Tom Brady would come off like that. Uh, we even see uh, like her cousins coming off like that. Uh, Mariota for all of his his flaws in this uh, documentary, he also comes off very like, you know, put together. Uh, I personally enjoy a more chaotic player. You know, give me a Dennis Rodman documentary on in the NBA or something like that before you give me something like this that feels like, you know, there's a lot of vetoing and a lot of uh, editorializing and editing of the things out that make these people human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Chappelle, this is NFL agitprop, like, you know, produced yeah. by Peyton Manning. So, and actually, were you guys surprised we don't see more of Peyton because he does the VO in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he totally disappears. I thought we would get a little more in hard knocks. For example, we always get the narrator with the voiceover. Um, and you know, they usually get a, you know, they've gotten Lee of Schreiber. Now they have John Hamm. I think, um, we don't get that at all here after the first, was five there a narrator? The no, well, just the first scene. We have yeah. Pete Manning yeah. in the first scene. And that's yeah. It. I think yeah. it was, uh, done, uh, without any sort of narration. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I wasn't mad about that because I don't want Peyton Manning to make this about him because he very well could have. You know, as a quarterback, he's one of the premier quarterbacks that has ever existed in the NFL. And so if he wanted to make this about him, he definitely could. Uh, but yeah. him him just setting the stage for what was about to happen, it does uh, add some weight to the content too because this is Peyton Manning saying it. If Peyton Manning says it, he lived it, so we know that it is probably accurate. Uh, and so uh, I think that they did a really good job of that and then letting him get out the way and give these other people some spotlight. Again, I would prefer maybe different quarterbacks, but aside from that, I, I didn't really have any real complaints with it. Yeah. Chappelle, do you have a prediction or Rob, if they do this next season, who they would use as their coaches, as their quarterbacks, excuse me? Ooh, you think? Do you think they're going to be another season? Like you, you think they could do it? I don't know what's in the buzz show? on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, among the football fans, I know people are pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've already started seeing clips go viral on Twitter. All right, let's, all, let's call name somebody who uh, could be, be be profiled for this. Uh, Josh Allen, for sure. People love him. I think, yeah, after somebody Burrow, sees, maybe. yeah, it, I mean, either of those guys, I feel like once they see this, it's like, oh, I want to show off like, uh, like how much, how hard, like the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Allen will be I like number one. They didn't go for any sure. like rookies or young guys. They wanted to say so there's three more established veterans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was intentional. Maybe young guys don't have, you know, they're not in a position in life where they feel comfortable with the cameras following them everywhere mm-hmm. or where their teams wouldn't feel comfortable with it. <sighs> yeah, um, I've sort of come around on my position of like, why would anybody uh, do this uh, now seeing the finished product? Now, like now I'm sort of like in the camp of like, they probably all want this. Like, does Jalen Hurts want this? He should, yeah. you know, because uh, yeah. 
if you have any haters, this is an easy way to show people that I'm a human. I have a real life outside of this. I do so much more than just play football. In the terms of Jalen Hurts, he does do a lot of philanthropy as well. And that's stuff that we saw here from Kirk Cousins um, and from Patrick Mahomes uh, and, and Marcus Mariota. Even the, uh, you know, he, he was uh, visiting the sick kids and stuff like that. Like, those are the type of things that the NFL wants to highlight. And I feel like if I'm any, you know, millionaire, uh, star athlete, celebrity, I would like that opportunity yeah. to highlight those things about me too. Especially guys who are very aware of their sort of like Dak Prescott, I think would be a guy who might be interested in this. You want uh, Russell Wilson, Russell although Wilson. he had done it last year, it would yeah. not have gone so well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would so, be a good one. That would have been interesting to see for sure. Interesting one for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe but, so. Maybe maybe he's an, an option next year. I don't know, depending yeah. on how things go. If uh, Dak's on here next season, I won't be. Watching. If they're already <laughs> doing it, they're already doing it. We might not know, right? But they might be recording these guys already. So maybe. Yeah. Okay. It, I would love that. I would love to see, you know, if they kept this going on for like three or four seasons, what they use. It's kind of like Hard Knocks. I'm always interested to see who's going uh, to be on Hard yeah. Knocks, you know, and I was, I'm today years old when I realized it was going to be the Jets. It's going to be the Jets. Now, again, so- the, the show got so lucky with Mahomes winning the Super Bowl and, and Cousins having sort of the Vikings having the season they had. It'd be hard for the show to hit the jackpot like that again. Um, but, you know, it's possible. You know, the difference between this and Hard Knocks is that uh, you assume these guys have some sort of like editorial control. And I feel like that with Hard Knocks, like I feel like that the Jets are sort of like a captive audience that aren't necessarily going to be able to have the veto power if something if it doesn't look if Aaron Rodgers uh, says something that uh, I don't know, maybe, you know. Not like he's ever said anything controversial before. Uh, it's the kind of thing that could be a big distraction for the team where if he was being profiled on this, I mean, you just see him go into the darkness retreat. You see him do uh, his his very scientific training methods that he does. And, and like, it's all it's all good. He's signing off on it. But uh, I'm a little more worried with the hard knocks. Uh, I had one other thing I wanted to say with Patrick Mahomes that I thought it was very interesting. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes calls everybody dog. Uh, and then uh, he talks about how he tries to get uh, all of like the defensive linemen to like him because he feels like that whether it is like uh, consciously or subconsciously, he feels like that if all of the defensive linemen like him, that when they go to sack him, they won't try to hurt him. Uh, the Max Crosby relationship mm-hmm. is very interesting in the show. So Crosby is like a star edge rusher for the Raiders, a team in the division. They play twice a year and he's doing a lot of late hits, illegal hits on Mahomes and Mahomes is complaining about it to the refs. He's talking trash um, to Crosby. They're getting helmet to helmet, getting in big fights during the game. But then after the game, Mahomes runs up to him, as you said, Rob, and he's like, love you, dog, all in the game. And I was sort of surprised by that. I prefer when you see some real beef between guys. But yeah, mm-hmm. Mahomes is so deeply strategic that maybe he thinks, yeah, I'm buttering these guys Spell up. Well, he has they, uh, his social game is on point. Absolutely. This guy's winning a quarterback survivor for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I think a lot of that, Joe Flacco won actually. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but I think a lot of that is Andy Reid as well. Yeah. We see uh, that when Patrick Mahomes does get chippy and he does start to get fired up, he has a mouth on him. And he is uh, going to tell you that, he, one, he is the best and you can't beat him. And then, two, he's also going to talk a little trash. Uh, and so Andy Reid is often telling him, hey, 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 you're doing a little too much there. And I think that kind of uh, like coaching is really what gets somebody to say, yeah, you're right. Because let's say you do piss off this edge rusher, right? 
there's no penalty for this man just ending your career. I mean, he could, you know, like he could just do it, you know, like not on, not he could do it on purpose. He really could. Like we've seen stuff like that happen in the NFL where people are hit in a way that they shouldn't have been hit and it could be an accident or whatever and they could get suspended. But that's not being suspended from the NFL and, you know, and losing your ability to move at the, the height of your abilities and your athleticism. Those are two different monsters. Yeah. And so you definitely don't want to piss anybody off. Uh, as, as y'all know, I'm a Ravens fan and I got to see the Ravens bully Tom Brady for years. You know, Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs, they love hitting that man to the point where Tom Brady would talk about it just openly like, yeah, uh, well, I'm playing Baltimore and those people suck because they're about to they're about to come after me and try to kill me. And they would talk about it too. Like, yeah, we're playing the Patriots this week. We're going to try to kill Tom Brady. You know, and that's not a relationship you want with the people who are going to be hitting you. Uh, you definitely want them to feel like, okay, he's a good player and I respect his athletic system i wouldn't want to end his career and what a big week for patrick mahomes to be the face of the quarterback documentary and then also to win the sb award for the best male athlete of uh, 2023 uh chappelle what did you think of uh, patrick mahomes's look at the sb awards this week uh you know <laughs> it's fine uh it's just like, uh, he did his it did his thing i guess uh it's very, very beige. Mm-hmm. Very you know, beige. That's kind of his, ba- his brand. Uh, double-breasted blazer. Uh, no shirt. Listen, yeah, if, I, if I look like a professional athlete, I would never wear a shirt. I would never wear a shirt. Never <laughs> wear a shirt. I barely wear a shirt now. And I yeah, I was going to say, I don't wear athlete. shirts that often anyway. <laughs> right. So, no, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, he, he wins this. It is um, good timing, for sure. It's almost like, uh, let's drop this right after he wins this because it's a good promotion. Uh, but... I mean, I guess I would have to ask this question to Alex. Was he the best male athlete of the year last year? Mm, well, uh, funny you should ask, because Akiva and I just on our podcast last month, we went through and, and gave the our opinion of the deserving athlete for every single year from uh, t- from 1983, the year we were born, until, um, until uh, last year. For mm-hmm. 2022, I don't remember who I gave it to. Let me look it up. Sorry, you're asking me in real time. Well, I, I figured you had remembered, but I because I, yeah, I know sure. you I did that podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah, I know you did that. Um, 2022 right, is I got not it over it. yet. Yeah. 2022, I gave it to Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I did. Oh, for the second yeah, time. the SP's got it right. The data. Well, but Akiva gave it to Shohei Otani, and then the listeners voted, and they voted with Otani over Mahomes. So I lost, oh. unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Mahomes 2023. Well, maybe if, maybe if his uh, Mahomes played linebacker also, maybe uh, he could be uh, catching up to Otani. Yeah, that's true. He's not. A, but uh, it really uh, and also works great for the show narratively. It's heroic the way that he gets injured in that playoff game. And then yes. we see which we didn't, his arguments. Reed is like, you're coming out of the game. And he's like, no, fuck. No, 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 no. He's like really impassioned. And then, of course, he comes back in injured and leads them to victory. And so it's like the heroes thing. I'm a little torn about that because much like how I don't like rings culture, I don't like how we celebrate guys playing hurt. Um, I, I, first of all, it's usually detrimental to the team. Um, in the case of Patrick Mahomes, maybe not because the backup is, you know, a 37 year old Chad Henney, mm-hmm. but like got this always happens with the twins where my, the baseball team I support where these guys gutted out and they play injured. And then, Oh, why did this guy have a seven ERA for the last month? turns out his labrum was torn. It's like, why were you doing this? Why are we encouraging guys to gut it out? If you're injured, tell everybody don't play when you're not hundred percent. So I'm a little torn about it, but in this circumstance, obviously it works well for the narrative of the show. So, Mm-mm. although yeah. I will note they did score a touchdown on that one drive with Henny. So mm-hmm. maybe the team around him is a little better than the show leads. Uh, let's us leads us to believe. 
For sure. But uh, imagine, you know, the commentary if somebody does in this moment decide, you know what, I am mildly injured. It could be worse. It could get worse. But this is a Super Bowl and I went and sat down. Oh, my God. People be ripping him to shreds. Um, yeah. And so he really is in a, uh, between a rock and a hard place. Like that, not only does he not want to sit down, but also society doesn't want him to sit down. You know, the, the, the culture behind NFL is like, uh, you better get out there and play because this is the Super Bowl. Um, personally, I would p- prefer that he sat down as well, but I, and that's my selfish reasons of me wanting him to lose. But also, um, I just think that uh, you're right. Players play through injuries way too much. Um, and then they are horrible. We saw, uh, RG3 in the Kirk Cousins story, you know, where it's like RG3 was Kirk Cousins was not supposed to see the field. He was just not. Yeah. And then RG3 basically ran his team all the way to victory until he couldn't run anymore. And that's it. Uh, that's, that's a real tragedy. He had arguably yeah. the greatest rookie season for a quarterback in league history mm-hmm. and then got injured in the playoff game and his career is over. Basically, it's very sad. Yeah, and that's why we get Kirk Cousins. And so yeah. it's but so but you know, but his Kirk Cousins story doesn't start if RG3 story doesn't end in such a tragedy. And so you really want to start looking at these players and saying, "Okay, you should take care of yourself because one, we all know they all get in CTE. Number one, they're all getting it. Every last one of them is getting CTE. At least try to take care of the your, the rest of your body because dear god, well, this is not yeah. Kirk Cousins long-term has that career. Hat that yeah. has the wires in it. Maybe that Didn't undoes it? the CTE. No, he got it. And Tom Brady <laughs> drinks the special water. Yeah, we never. We also don't really know how serious Mahomes' injury is. At one point, you hear Joe Buck say, "It's you." This is usually a three to six week injury. I mean, there's no usually. A high ankle sprain can mean different things yeah. for every person in the severity. So we don't really know. Yeah. What you know? Was it an injury that should have knocked him out of the game, or was it one that was just pain and he could? You know, we don't really yeah. know. And I it's hope sort they of like, gave a ring to that woman who was the trainer who uh, worked yeah, on Patrick great, yeah. Mahomes, who it made it seem like that she really like pulled off a miracle. You yeah. know, that's a lot of miracles in this show. What's your guys take? Brittany Mahomes claims um, after the AFC Championship game that they win. And she's crying. She says she's never cried in her life. Uh, are we buying that? <laughs> no, no. She's dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. So she, so they didn't, I mean, this was what his, uh, like, this is like what yeah. his, uh, third fourth straight AFC, 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 yeah, third fourth, victory. Yeah, exactly. I think fifth Stop straight. It. I think it's fifth straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Cause he lost two yeah. and one too. Yeah. So this was number five. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. yeah. Yeah. So you can't tell me, you cannot tell me this is the first time. Brittany, Correct. stop it. Shenanigans. But yeah. you know, that's even like this injury the day of the day he gets injured. I'm like, he ain't that hurt. You know, um, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger pulled that a lot with the Steelers. Like the week of the game against the Ravens is like, Oh, Ben's not feeling well. Monday. He's not feeling well. Tuesday. He's not feeling well. Then he shows up uh, the, the following Sunday. It's like, Oh oh my God, he's, he's battling through this crazy injury. He's like, shut up, Ben. You're fine. Um, you know, yeah. they like to, to build their own narratives as well. But like, so yeah, so everybody hates on Brittany. How, but like, I wish that my wife was like Brittany Mahomes that like, <laughs> okay. she's cheering like crazy in the, pre- like, no, like you want, your wife should be supportive and excited and invested yeah. and like, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like people are like, again, I understand why people hate her, but I say, you know, you know, GFY, I'm on team Brittany. I, I, I like, Brittany. I like, the, leave Brittany. Brittany I like alone. the fact they've been together. Yeah. It's leave Brittany her bitch. alone. They've been together since seventh grade. Um, you know, I, I, I like their relationship. I, all three of these relationships look very strong and at least on the show. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they all look precious, honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this was very fun to go through everything from quarterback. Any, any other thoughts before we talk about what's coming up next season two, 
Bring me a season two of season quarterback. Season two of quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Will I'll we take it. see one? Uh, you know, this is the first of the uh, the big four sports that we've seen. Netflix. You know, they've done Drive to Survive, and they did the they did golf, and they did tennis, uh, and so <laughs> this is like their first foray into the big four sports. Do we think that there will be something coming out about uh, baseball or football or even hockey? Point guards coming soon. Point guards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. so, so Amazon has that show All or Nothing, which is a very similar show. They did it on the Eagles one year and they did it on the um, the Cardinals one year. And 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 obviously Net, uh, Max, as it's called now, sorry, has in-season hard knocks also. So there's so many of these shows working simultaneously, at least in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think it's a, it's an easy way to produce content because these are already popular brands, right? Like sports are like the highest rated things on, on network television. So I, th- I think we'll probably get and more from Netflix. And I, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think we should, because they produced it very well. My wife was into it and she's not a big foot NFL fan, but uh, she, she liked it with me. And so I think they should, uh, I'm, I'm in for all of it. Give me more. Yeah. And then, and even like I, I joked about point guards, but you do have some very recognizable people, sure. you know, who are who, who you could use for something like that with a Steph Curry or even like a Russell Westbrook, where they're they're two, you know, huge superstars, but they're in different parts of their, you know, they've had different. Well, Curry journeys. just had that documentary about him that just came out. Yeah, but nobody cared about. So that. I don't know if he would do it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But there's mm-hmm. enough guys out. Yeah, there's enough big stars, and but these guys all want to control their own brands and sort of be their own editors now or their own, you know, control the content. But again, I think they probably did it. At least Mahomes and Cousins seem to. So yeah, Boy. give me the KD story. That's what I want to see. I need to. Uh, yeah, I need. But to I want it not me. controlled by KD. I want the real right. Version. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if they're doing a the baseball version, I really hope that this isn't the year they're full profiling the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god maybe there's a miraculous uh second half turnaround coming maybe maybe okay yeah all right so Chappelle, next week i think it is time they clone tyrone drops july 21st says that is going to be a uh a one week uh next friday one week next Friday. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, Aaron Robertson, long, long ago, pitched that uh, he, he wanted to come on for this uh, opening weekend for movie. they clone Tyrone. Yeah. So it'd be a quick turnaround, Rob. If it drops Friday, I mean, we'd have to record it that weekend, but we can make it happen. Yeah. An eerie series of events leads to an unlikely trio uh, that de- they go down a rabbit hole into a sinister neighborhood conspiracy. Yeah, my best friend's name is Tyrone, and he probably would be happy to pop in on that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to talk about it because if I could clone him, I would. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, Jamie Foxx is in this show. Yes. Yeah. The and, movie. And I, yeah, which is weird because there's so much content out there. It's nuts like, that like major stars are just you know dropping shows or movies that I've never heard of. It's it's oh mm-hmm. and and they announced this was supposed to drop like last December. They've been pushing this back for months because they announced it on Tadoom last year, and it's almost been a year since that happened, and it's just now dropping. So this is late. We also know Jamie Foxx has been going through a lot in his personal life. People have been speculating has he been cloned? Uh, and so uh, <laughs> I think this is yeah. I was like, if y'all aren't tapped in, the conspiracy theories are definitely are, and so uh, they're not gonna find. It ironic at all that this uh, that he's in a movie called Who Clones Our Own or okay. They Clones Our Own. All right, that's coming next week on Nothing But Netflix. Alex, what's coming up for you? Um, hopefully uh, another good Viking season with a better yes. playoff. Uh, yes, yeah, 
or twins. Timberwolves, I'll take any of them. Uh, on on pretty good friends, Av and I are uh, you know midway through season one. Of friends, come join us as we're doing a rewatch of Friends. Uh, and then on uh, 32 fans, Akiva and I have a couple of uh, fun ideas. We just did the 32 fan census, which is a slight ripoff of the Renap census. And we're less than 32 days away from 32 fans in 32 days as we preview every oh, NFL boy. team in August. So yeah, yeah it's going to be my busy season as Akiva likes to the say. Busy season for sure. Can't believe yeah. it's uh, almost back. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Yeah, very All excited. Right. Chappelle, what's coming up for you this week? Well, for one, I'm excited about the 32 fans and 32. Yeah, that's that's my stuff. I, that's I'm an OG 32 fans listener, as mm-hmm. I found on Twitter not too long ago. Uh, but coming up for me, uh, you know, post show recap. Still talking about The Walking Dead. I think I got some Grey's Anatomy coverage coming over there as well. Um, you and I should be joining forces to talk about Below Deck uh, very soon with Sasha. Sasha and I have also covering uh, Never Have I Ever over on Silent Podcast. Uh, but that's it. I think that's it for right now. Uh, and I'm waiting to see what else is in store for me, Rob. Whatever. You, listen, you tell me to jump. I say how high. Okay. All right. Well, Chappelle, uh, I'm going to break the news to you. Uh, we're actually, we just greenlit uh, a new documentary series called Podcaster. So oh. the cameras are going to start filming you 24-7 for the next year. Oh, I thought I was going to cover the Podcaster's no, podcast documentary. No, like, you're uh, on it. It's, you're it's going to follow Taryn and Asia and mm-hmm. Mari, and then I'm going to cover mm-hmm. them being covered. That's how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. No, we'll talk about no, it. No. You definitely don't want to. You definitely don't want to uh, film me. Also, <laughs> yeah, you did not. Your your representation did not get uh, veto rights. Also, you do not want to. Rec- like, I wish. Look, I was about to say, I wish I could show you a a, a little piece of my life. You do not want to record it twenty four seven. I I assure you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's been a lot of fun today. Also, check out our coverage of the movie Outlaws uh, last week. Uh, the Chappelle and I went through it. Uh, the Happy Madison film. Alex, did you happen to catch that one? Outlaws? No, I haven't. I have not seen Outlaws yet. I don't watch. think I've seen any of the Adam Sandler stuff on uh, Netflix. It's not starring Adam Sandler, just produced by uh, his uh, production uh, company. Okay. So uh, that was very fun last week, Outlaws. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us for a very fun look at quarterback. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.